Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And one more time, aloha from Ayers on the Road. It's our last, it's our final aloha edition. And, and if you haven't been going every week, we just have to say that we are so lucky. We have a family living here in Maui. And our son built the cutest little house around the corner from his house, which they rent when we're not here. And we have a wonderful time here. It is just so great. We've been here for five weeks. Yeah, we've got in the island time. We're slowed down. Our biorhythms are readjusted. When we go back, I think this this coming Tuesday, this coming Monday, in three days, it'll it'll seem like the whole world's crashing around us, everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, we'll have to readjust. From by the way, you look beautiful today. Oh, thank you. Usually, when we do this show on the radio, <laughs> well, hey, we're going somewhere today. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an underhanded compliment or not. Anyway, um, it is lovely here. We've seen everything, gorgeous sunshine, tons of wind. I mean, last week was wind all week. Don't don't think it's just absolutely gorgeous here every day. Well, it is, but it's just a different kind of gorgeous. <laughs> and, and then spin. rain, 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 it, lots of rain, but we need it. That's why it's so beautiful here. So we, but we love it. Would you say we accomplished the, the the work we came here to do? No, I've got a lot to do. Just remember that. I've got to stay close. up until midnight tonight. Linda's been putting together all the old blog posts and pictures and little poems and everything we could find from all of our our intensive several 15 years or so of speaking around the world eight or nine times and collecting it. And we thought you were, I thought you were doing it for posterity, but you're kind of doing it for us. No, we're having I, yeah. so many memories. Exactly. I thought we were too. They may never look at it. Maybe nobody's even interested, but um, it was, it's really amazing what happens when you take a picture, you capture that moment. And then it just takes you right back to that moment. Yeah. I did a blog the whole time we were there and the whole time we were traveling, that we were traveling. And it is amazing what we've, remembered and also what we've forgotten just forgotten so much but people's faces come back and it's just really been a wonderful project for I, i've been thinking a lot about time too and how you know we every year we get here in early january and time really slows down because we're in a different place a new routine a different everything everything is new and that first week just seems to last so long it's beautiful how slow time gets then the longer we're here the more routines begin to establish again and, and the last week has gone by like in one day i know it just is that time is such an interesting thing if we could just learn to slow it down and not hurry not be someone told me the other day the only the only time in the bible the word rush is used is with reference to Satan, with reference to the devil who rushes to and fro in the earth and tries to upset everything. And and wouldn't it be nice if we could slow time down? And every once in a while, when you're in a certain mood and all the lights turn green for you and people you call are the answering, ready to do whatever is needed. I mean, it's a time. Maybe someday we'll learn to control time. 
I don't know, it's quite an amazing thing, but suddenly it has flipped by fast. And uh, we're I'm getting in my last Grammy day tomorrow. And we're it's been so fun being with these kids in this family, which is a very unique family. Um, they are totally, I don't know if we've talked much about them, but they are remarkable, totally green, running cars on vegetable oil and having everything they want, um, mostly out of the thrift stores. And it is off really fantastic and off their trees. Yeah. But and I think, it's a lot of hard work, I have to say. I think what we're what we're excited about talking about today, though, uh, we always come here with the ostensible goal of finishing up a manuscript or, or getting some writing done and so on. And we're working on some things we think are really exciting. Give you a little sneak preview of one of them. It's a it's going to be my book. Linda's doing a couple on her own, but mine is next one is going to be called Grandfather's Secrets. And it's principles I've tried to teach my grandkids. But here's the exciting thing. The grandkids are writing part of it. They're they're my little co-authors. And they're sending in stories of how this particular principle that we'd talked about at a reunion, or we have 10 of these, we call them secrets. That's another story. They weren't interested when we were calling them principles or or philosophies or whatever. But once we started calling them secrets, those little guys got interested. And so they're sending in experiences or stories about how that secret or that principle has influenced them in their life or, or an actual incident of one time when it came into play in their daily living and and i think it's their little vignettes or their little experiences they're going to make this book so exciting oh i think you better give one example at least so that they know what you're talking about well one of the one of the secrets is uh, i'll give you grandfather's secrets number four good popularity comes from being nice to everyone and it lasts Bad popularity comes from only being nice to certain people, and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't last. So we just had one come in from one of the grandkids the other day. You could probably guess almost about a time when, you know, she was really nice to a girl who was kind of left out and was sitting by herself, and and um, that caused a chain reaction of some good relationships with other kids and she felt like she was starting to understand good popularity and not the clicky mean girl kind of popularity and that's that's kind of neat kind of rewarding when kids because when when kids get something when they have an experience with something that works for them or makes them happy or causes them to feel good about themselves they're going to repeat it right they're going to that's right. going to lock yeah. into yeah, the brains it's amazing how <clears throat> how they can really take that stuff in. Like it soaks in at first, you don't know if they got it or not. And then they come up with these fun stories. And, you know, we have grandchildren, they're dealing with mean girls right now. I mean, who you think, how can children act like that? But they do. It kind of gives them a way to react to it, to see what it is what for what it is. And um, not that, it has, you know, it's the perfect solution to everything, but it has been really fun to see these stories come in. But we thought what we do today on the show is talk a little about um, what our goal is 
with our books over time, our long-term goal, if you will, because <clears throat> books have been really good to us, and we've, we've been professional writers now for 50 years. And um, it's so interesting to think about books themselves. We did a show a few weeks ago, one of the, one of the hours on the road was on mar how marvelous books are and how there, there aren't getting to be less books. There are going to be more in the world and how great books have served humanity over time. But in our personal case, it'd be fun to kind of have you listeners know a little about how we got into writing and more importantly, what we're trying to do with our books now, we're the, the one we're working on, this grandfather secret, is, is the 61st book that we will have published. And most of all of the rest of them are still available. In fact, they all are in some form because of the goal we have to eventually make them all free. We would like our legacy when we leave this life, and who knows, 30, 40, 50 years from now, <laughs> We would like our books to always be there for anyone who wants them, and we'd, we'd want them to be free. And so we've set up a book site, a website simply called IrishFreeBooks.com, all strung together, IrishFreeBooks, check it out. And we're trying to get all of our books onto that site. So all you have to do is click, and there's the book, and you just read it. There's no... There's no payment of anything. There's no registration. You don't need any particular device. It's just there, right on your screen. And so far, we have 30. I counted them today, Linda. 30 of our 60 books are now free on IRS Free Books. The others we're working on, but some of them are still, the publishers still have the rights, and they're still very active in stores and so on. And obviously, we can't get those up yet, but eventually... That's what we hope to have happen. And so we thought it'd be kind of fun to go back through and talk about some things. Did we, people will often say, well, did you, did, when did you decide to be a writer? Right? You've had that question so many times. Right. The honest answer is we, we never did. <laughs> we just sort of started and we, we, we enjoyed it so much. And one book led to another and pretty soon we, we were too busy writing them to have time to do our other jobs, so we had to quit our other jobs and focus on Well, writing. it's a long story, and you can't just, uh, if you're thinking, oh, I think I'll do that, <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> you can't just make that happen quite like that. It is pretty amazing what it takes to make that happen, and a lot of it is serendipity, and a lot of it is comes from heaven. A lot of it's because luck. Because it's just... Well, more than luck. I mean, it's just blessings um, poured down from heaven because in order to really um, live on books, you have to have a bestseller, which is not easy. Yeah. And just as a series of events that happen. Um, well, let's tell a few of the little events, shall we? Let's tell a couple of stories. Um, you ready? Or you sure, go ahead. We were living in Boston. We were graduate students. And... Um, I was a graduate student. Linda was teaching at a elementary school, at a junior high school, teaching music, and and we had a friend there, kind of a mentor, who uh, we were talking to one day. I was talking to him, and 
he was a writer and, and an author, and he said, I'm working on a, a book for young people, young young uh, adults, and it's sort of a series of, of challenges I want to give them to, to live in their life. And he said, I want to call it, uh, I challenge you. What do you think of that? And I said, well, it sounds, there was another book called I Dare You, and there were, I, I said, well, it's, you know, we were pretty good friends, so I was candid. I said, I I think I challenge you. It's fine, but I don't think it's going to really intrigue people. I, and then just out of the blue, I said, why don't you call it I promise you instead? People are more interested in promises than they are in challenges. And that kind of intrigued him. And he said, well, maybe we could call it both. Maybe it could be I challenge you, I promise you, or and this discussion, to make a long story short, we came up with this idea of having a book with two front covers. So you could read it from one side, and it was named I, I Promise You. And when you'd read this promise, you could flip the book over wherever page you were on and read the challenge that would lead up to it. If you will do this, this, and this, this is the promise or the thing that will come to you. And long story short, he said, why don't you... Why don't you write the book with me. And I was intrigued by that. And frankly, I ended up writing most of the book. He was busier than I was. And so, and 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 it got published and it sold well. It got published because he was a known author and, and it sold well. And I was still a graduate student. I was in my mid twenties. And I started thinking, I I want to be a writer. I, I didn't start thinking I want to be a full-time writer. I was at Harvard Business School. I was heading out into the corporate world. I was going to be who knows what. But I thought I, I do enjoy writing. And I also noticed that in my classes at, at Harvard, I was getting good grades. And I knew that I wasn't <laughs> as smart as a lot of the other people in there. But I, I began to realize... I could write better than they could. And that was what was giving me the grades. And one thing and another sort of led me to say, well, I'm, I'm going to at least be a part-time writer. Now, your story is a little different. Well, I think you just came with that gift. You really were quite incredible. I always say that you can just lean your head over and a book falls out and you <laughs> just write it down really fast. Because it has so much stuff. I mean, it obviously takes time, but you obviously have a wonderful gift. But I, <clears throat> on the other hand, was home with three little kids at that time, uh, pulling my hair out, dying because I didn't know how I was going to make it through the day. And then another four kids, five kids, and up to nine. Well, we didn't have three while we were in graduate school. But no, no, that was one. when we moved to Washington, D.C. But that yeah. was when I started thinking about writing. Right, right. I'm thinking, well, I've got to write this while I'm in the fire, uh, or I'm going to forget your experience. it. experience. And this is beyond belief for anybody who hasn't experienced it. And for those who do, let's get in this together and think about, you know, really how we can make it better. And so uh, I just started writing down experiences and it was really amazing. Well, so, and you were a natural writer because you, I mean, go back a little further. You you knew back in high school that you were a good writer. Well, uh, let's talk about that in the second half. We're <laughs> going to take a little break. We'll leave you hanging about my high school experience uh, <laughs> until we come back. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. I'll bet you've just been waiting with bated breath to hear this story. Um, <laughs> but I did have, I grew up in Montpelier, Idaho, which is down in the very eastern, southeastern corner of Idaho, right next to Bear Lake. And you've heard us talk about Bear Lake, but that is where we got the Bear Lake start. But I had this high school teacher who was, who was better. It was before the AP classes were even considered. And here we were in this little uh, town and with, I mean, you would not realize that you get a great education there, but this man changed my life. He was incredible. Your, your high school English teacher, Mr. Monk. Lewis Monk was absolutely amazing. He expected so much of us. He demanded a lot from us. And we had a special class called English B. It was like AP um, English, but far beyond that. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> you had to write. We had to write a three-page theme every, every night during the, when, you know, the Monday to Friday. And honestly, we would, our friends would call each other like, how are you doing at 1 a.m.? What do you think? And so we'd, we're pouring out our hearts into this, this writing. But not only that, we had to learn vocabulary works every week. We did the school newspaper, so we knew how to do that kind of writing. We read a classic every month. And then we couldn't fake it about reading that because he knew the characters like they were his best friends. So we had to know that. He was absolutely an incredible soul. And, and he somehow, did and he gave you not only he not only taught you that you were a good writer and inherently talented writer, but he gave you confidence. So you wrote with confidence. Well he did give me confidence, but I found my old folder um <laughs> a couple of years ago when we were up at Bear Lake and um I started reading those and I thought, oh my gosh, these are awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were young. He was so complimentary, but I was a junior in high school. And the kids now, our grandkids are far beyond what we uh, ever, ever did. But he did give give us confidence. He sent so many kids, uh, bright stars that he found on to Harvard. And there are so many cool stories. Um, one of his students, who we've gotten to know more this year, ended up the president of the National um Press club. Press club in Washington, D.C., and all of them were just launched because of his confidence in him. So I ran into a great soul. Well, and let's, we don't have time to tell this whole history of our writing. Let's just fast forward a couple of times. So fast forward about, um, oh, about 10 years, and uh, a lot's happened by now. I'm in business. I'm a management consultant. We have several children. We live in Washington, D.C. Um, we're still writing. Uh, I've done I've published four or five books, and they're mostly about time management and life balance and uh, such topics. And we are trying to write a parenting book because we're we're really believing that a lot of parenting books are based too much on psychology and maybe not enough on management, just managing a family, good management principles. So we've done a couple of parenting books together, co-authored them, and one is called Teaching Children Joy, and one's called Teaching Children Responsibility. And a, a regional publisher has been really good to us and sent us on a 20-city book tour to promote these books. And we're in San Francisco one day on a show called Good Morning San Francisco. 
We're talking about these two parenting books. When we get back to our hotel, the phone's ringing, and it is the president of Random House, who, of course, lives in New York, but was in San Francisco that day, saw us on the show, and flat out says, I want to buy your books. We need two parenting books. You look just what like what we're looking for. And we're like, well, we don't even own them. You'll have to call Deseret Book. They're our publisher. And Next thing we knew, they had bought the books, and we were now published nationally. They did a new paperback edition, put a lot of copies, sent us on another book tour. And almost overnight, it seems, looking back, we were nationally published and recognized authors. And that was teaching children joy, teaching your children joy, and teaching your children responsibility, which was absolutely amazing. And then we went to teaching children values and, you know, on and on and on. But it really was kind of a little miracle that things just happened to fall in place and that we happened to have the ability to do it. I wish we had, I had been doing a blog then because yeah. that's such a vague uh, I memory now. I that. just can't remember. Although I'll throw in one more fast forward about three more years and a lot of other things have happened to us in our lives. And in fact, I had run for governor in Utah and lost much to Linda's delight. And our life was progressing onward. Our kids were growing up and, and then, um, this values book, Teaching Your Children Values, uh, again, to your point, Linda, about luck and blessings and so on. Oprah found it, loved it, put us on her show for a full hour, and the book became number one. The first parenting book in 50 years to reach number one on the New York Times bestseller list and and fast forward a little further and we're in the rainbow room at the top of rockefeller center uh having a lunch that honors us as the as random celebrating selling yeah. author looking out on manhattan and we're sort of pinching each other saying what what are we doing here you know <laughs> yeah that was absolutely a little miracle but but as you know it took a lot of work to get there, it, but a lot of things just fell in place, and I just think it was guided from heaven. We give God all of the credit. It was really an amazing experience. We sure do, and and one of the things, this gets back to our theme today, which is really this this book site that, we're, that we have created and that we're adding to called Iyer's Free Books, and, and we want to explain to you why it is that we want all of our books to be free at some point in time. Why? And one of the reasons, frankly, is we don't want them ever to go away. What typically happens, even to bestsellers, is they gradually go out of print and you can't find them anymore and so on. And there's no reason for that to happen in today's world because you can preserve anything on, on the right website. But what we want to do is, and, and, and our books are particularly um useful in that regard because of their topic, right? I mean, when you're writing about, when you're writing a novel or when you're writing a book about some current trend or you're writing a, something that's connected to the present in some way, which most books are, they gradually, as time goes by, they lose their relevance or at least they become dated. And in our case, because we're writing about parenting and about relationships, and in some cases about balance, 
in life between work and home and career and church and other interests, they're sort of timeless subjects. And the challenges change, the circumstances change, but the basic ideas of relationships and parenting and marriage and so on stay the same. And so we have a, maybe a better chance than, than a lot of writers because of our topics, because of our subject matter, for them to remain relevant or remain at least interesting for a long period of time. And so that's one reason that we are really trying to get all of them, and we're, we're up to half now. Like I said earlier, 30 of our 60 published books are now already there, scanned and, and free, and just you click on them and they're there on iresfreebooks.com. And if we can live long enough, we'll get them all on there, you know? <laughs> yeah. But we got to stop writing new ones at some point or we'll never get them all on. Uh, that I am <laughs> holding you to that, honey. I keep saying, okay, this is it. No more, no more. Uh, you were a book machine and I'm sure just I can't stop I you. Yesterday I said, if I can just finish this Grandfather Secrets book, I'm never going to write another book. And I laughed out loud. <laughs> that is crazy. But, and I, uh, it depends on what stage you are in life, what book, you know, appeals to you. I, um, probably my bestseller was I didn't plan to be a witch because <laughs> I did, wrote that when I had a ton of little kids at home and was just going crazy. I wrote one before that called The Joyful Mother of Children because it was just so fun when the kids were little and then it just got so complicated. But um, By the way, I think those are both really, really good books for mothers, but I've always been amused that, and, they're, and they're very, I mean, they're, they're not the same, but they're they're similarly good. And I've always thought it was interesting that a book called A Joyful Mother of Children would not catch the fancy of the public or sell near as many copies as a book called I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were funny days. And and I'm sure they're really dated, but I'm sure many moms out there who are listening really get that. I mean, it really is such a difficult thing. And our kids now are going through this same thing. Our, our, we, our two youngest kids yeah, have, yeah. we have, uh, let's see, eight little little kids still, ten, nine. And uh, little grandkids. They're just little grandkids. And they're just going through kind of the same thing, like pulling out their hair, thinking, how am I going to make this work? How did I fall into this? And I was just writing my daughter last week and saying how proud I am of her that she's survived right now as a seven five and twin twin three-year-olds but boy that is really a hard deal and i said i so remember those days it was so crazy but and then we were traveling at the time you know when they were when they were having this experience with their kids and seeing all these people right. in affluent societies where they have drivers and tutors and nannies and uh people who are taking care of their kids for them. And I'm just thinking, oh, how easy. But I was just thinking how important that deep refiner's fire was. I learned so much about who I was when we were raising those kids. It is a refiner's fire. So if you're at that point, or if you know somebody at that point, you might want to take a look at those. And write a book about it. Yeah, <laughs> write a book about it. So, and, the, and one of the things that's been so fun is many of our kids have become writers, really, really good writers. And, uh, 
we published a book jointly with with Saren, our oldest daughter, being the co-author, a book called Empty Nest Parenting that we wrote while our kids were leaving, while they were going off to college and so on, and the traumas and the challenges of that phase of life. And then Shawnee wrote a beautiful book with you called... A Mother's Book of Secrets. Mother's Book. That's the first time we used secrets in a title, by the way. Right. And then we wrote a book with Sadie, our our third daughter, called Seeking Family Revelation. And it's an interesting one. I'm glad that came to mind because instead of publishing it as a hardbound book, we wanted to get it out for various reasons. And we just we published it directly onto Iris Free Books. So if you were to go on irisfreebooks.com, one of the 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 last one I think on there is is Seeking Family Revelation, I think that's the title, and that's the one we co-authored with Sadie, and it went directly on onto the free books site. Charity, our youngest daughter, is going to be working with us to do a new edition of Teaching Children Values, 30 years from the time the first one was published, and it'll be so fun to work it's with. It's going her. to be so interesting this to see so much. Is, kids. Yeah, so much has changed mm-hmm. since we wrote that book, and yet the values are the same. But we have to approach them a little differently. So it's going to be fun to do with and her. Our, and our son Talmage, the, our, our our son that lives in Switzerland, has just finished a book of his own called Dad Mode, and it is just delightful. We've loved watching him write it, and it'll be published this uh, late May. late this spring. May and June. It's the launch is June first, I think. Anyway, it'll be really you'll be hearing his, about that. His advanced degree is in positive psychology from UPenn, and he's brought that into focus in terms of how to be a more responsive and involved dad in a in a way that's really delightful. It's got illustrations. It's going to be a great book, and a couple of our other sons are working on writing. So this writing thing can become kind of infectious, <laughs> kind of contagious. It can, it can. But what a life. What a wonderful opportunity it's been for us to be involved in writing individually as well as together. And uh, if any of you have any ideas of how I can stop this man at some point. <laughs> well, we've only done one book of fiction in all these 60 books, only one novel, and I want to write another one someday. I don't know when or what. Oh, I hadn't yeah. even heard about that. I mean, literally, like every week, is, I think I'll write a book about, hmm, and I think I'll write a book about, hmm, and I'm like, oh my gosh, honey. Um, but the thing is, it's beautiful writing, and it's so insightful. And oh, you're, yours is the beautiful. Really, writing. really blessed to be along to you. But thanks for hanging in there with us. This is our legacy, I guess, writing, and we wanted all of you who are loyal listeners, Dyers on the Road, to really know about the background of IrishFreeBooks.com. We hope. You know, if you've got a half hour someday, just go on go on your computer and go to irisfreebooks.com and just scroll down. Go through the there's a little overview of each book that's on there. And if you come to one that is germane to you right now in your life or that looks interesting to you, click it and there it is. You can start at the beginning. You can one cool thing about books on computers is that they're they're really easy to scroll through. If you want to skim a book. It's easier online than it is if you have pages and it's 
easier than on a Kindle. Kindle's a little hard to scroll on because you got to click to the chapters yeah. and yeah. so on. Yeah. So give it a try, irishfreebooks.com, and you'll see Linda's books, you'll see mine, and you'll see that we are really trying to get them all on there, and we want them all to be free. So thanks for joining us. Good luck with wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and aloha. Aloha.